Hello, hello, dear friends, and welcome back to another mini episode of the Today is the Day podcast. This show is co-hosted by myself, Megan Teltner, a nutritionist, author, and founder of the Academy of Culinary Nutrition, along with my husband, Josh Catalis, who is a functional medicine practitioner. Now, we have a full-length version of this episode dedicated to gluten, which you will find at culinarynutrition.com forward slash podcast. However, in our mini episodes, which are running this season, we're really focusing on finding the little clips, the nuggets of information that will stick in your brain and optimally impact the choices you make around your own optimal health. We don't want to tell you what to do. We just want to give you information so you can make the most informed, critical thinking decisions for your health or those that seek your guidance, which includes friends, family, partners, parents, you never know, or clients, of course. Before we get into this clip, I wanted to remind you that registration is now open for the Culinary Nutrition Expert Program. This is our flagship program here at the Academy of Culinary Nutrition, where every September we welcome students from around the globe for a 14-week transformative learning experience that results in a certification allowing our graduates to apply what they learn in their homes, with their families, in their businesses, start new ones, ignite old ones. Ultimately though, everyone who comes to this program builds confidence in the kitchen, feels motivated and inspired. If you want to learn more, head over to culinarynutrition.com forward slash program. Now here is today's mini episode. Enjoy the clip. Is gluten sensitivity on the rise or is it just a trend? Well, I think it's on the rise because from my perspective, we're looking at the clinical manifestation and more and more people are becoming sensitive to this. And it's also been shown in the research to be a problem for pretty much everyone. Wait a second. Hold the phone, Joshua Gatalis. You're going to say that every person on the planet reacts to gluten? I am. Now, when I look at my clients, right, and I look at their timeline and what might be helping them or hindering them, I'm always trying to think, you know, what do they need to eliminate? What do they need to take out? Because it might be causing a problem. And the evidence has showed me that this is something that should just come out, right? Because there's no way it could be helping someone. Right. No one is suffering from a gluten deficiency. Right. And so there's been a few papers published. There's definitely more research that needs to be done, but this is convincing enough for me to recommend that people make changes. One was in nutrients in 2015. And what they looked at was, Uh, celiac patients who have active celiac disease, celiac patients in remission, non-celiac patients with gluten sensitivity, and non-celiac control. So these four groups of people, and then they challenged them with gliadin to see what would happen to in their intestines. And what they found, this is a direct quote from the study, was increased intestinal permeability after gliadin exposure occurs in all individuals. So whether you're at one fully, you know, blown out, end of the spectrum as a celiac, where you have villus atrophy and severe intestinal damage, or someone without even any symptoms who is the control group, you're going to experience some sort of damage to your intestine. So to sort of translate that a little bit, what you're saying is that people who, everyone's reacting to gluten, everyone is having villi damage when they consume gluten. Some people are able to repair or recover more quickly so that they don't have as intense reactions or their reactions are subtle and subtle and subtle and they don't actually even feel anything that's noticeable, but that it is causing damage in 
everyone's intestines to some degree. Absolutely. So from a clinical perspective, which is where, you know, I work with people, it's like if I, we know that this is causing damage at some level, let's just take it out of the equation so we can try to get to the root of whatever the issue is as a starting point. Now, from a more global or macro perspective, for every person in society wondering if they should eat that sandwich or not, it turns out that some people could probably eat that sandwich and not have an issue. And some people are going to move towards something more serious. We tested this theory, you and me, Josh. We've tested it a couple of times because we've always been predominantly gluten-free. I don't anymore have an extreme reaction. I did when I was dealing with Crohn's symptoms. But I'm, we're going to tell two stories. One is several years ago, I'd say six, seven years ago, it was springtime and we decided to order pizza from the local pizza place that offers a spelt crust and it was around allergy season. And you had been on a protocol to reduce your allergy symptoms, which had, which had included a very strict dairy-free and gluten-free diet. We got the pizza, we ate it. You were completely asymptomatic from allergies the night we went to sleep after eating that pizza. And what happened in the morning? I couldn't breathe. You couldn't breathe. You were like, your eyes were My like- My face was leaking like a faucet. It was like a switch had been turned yeah. on. And the other situation that happened was in 2013. And right? this was the last time we had gluten. This was, the this was our last lesson, which I think a lot of people need to learn multiple times. Like they test it or they, you know, they're like, oh, this one last time. Or maybe I'm still not, maybe I'm not sensitive to it anymore. Okay, go we ahead. We were in LA and we went to this restaurant and the table beside us had ordered, they made these fresh organic loaves of bread. And the table beside us had ordered this basket of bread with all these dips, which is basically like, my desert island meal. I could live on that forever. Bread and dips. So I convinced Josh to eat it, to order it, and we both ate it. What happened to us, Josh? Well, I actually got depressed. You got depressed. A few days. I remember feeling down, which never really happens to me. Um, we were on vacation, I was living on vacation. in a sunny, beautiful place. Yeah. And I was just thinking like, why do I feel down? Like nothing happened. I'm trying to like evaluate. And then I realized it was the bread. And that sort of explained this unannounced, you know, no reason behind it feeling I was feeling in my brain, yeah. uh, which was being manifested as, as my mood being depressed. And we know now that reactions to gluten can manifest as I said before, anywhere in the body and, and mood disorders are a big part of it. Anxiety, depression, uh, even some more serious stuff. So, and I, I just got really, really tired, which was always the reaction I had to gluten that I would just feel extremely fatigued the next day. Like I couldn't barely keep my eyes open. And that was it. We decided at that point we were going a hundred percent strict. And I don't think to our knowledge, at least we've had any since then, we've probably been spiked, but never to the extent that we had a noticeable reaction. Right. And that's a choice we made because, you know, we're always looking to do better and feel better. All right. So what are some of the common tests that people can have or can get? And what are some of the challenges that we're seeing with, you know, if you go to your doctor and, and I know there's different sort of practices in different parts of the world. And we have people listening from all over the world, but we can use Canada because we know Canada. So you go to your doctor, you say, I think I'm reacting to gluten. The test they're going to give you is what? Yeah, the first thing they'll do is a is a uh, blood test that looks at a couple antibodies. Now, we know now that there's hundreds of proteins in something like wheat. We know that there's many different iterations of gluten, and they only look at a couple. 
So it's like the tip of the tip of the iceberg with that. Now, if that test comes back negative, then that's it in terms of their investigation. If you don't react to the selection of gluten proteins that they test for, then they're saying you have no gluten sensitivity, no celiac, you're fine. That's correct. But if your numbers come back high, the next step is a biopsy. So then they'll send you in, they'll take a sample of your intestine. And what they're looking for is villus atrophy or a damaging of the the microvilli. So if you think about a brush, like breaking off the bristles of the brush is what it looks like. And then if you have that under the microscope, you are diagnosed with celiac disease. If you're not, they still might not diagnose you. So what you see is that someone's having an antibody reaction or an immune reaction to the wheat, but they're still not told they're celiac and should avoid it. It's basically like early stage celiac where it could be prevented or reversed, but it's not visible by the biopsy. Exactly. And it's this, showing an immense imbalance in the body. And this can happen really often with children who may exhibit symptoms of gluten sensitivity. However, they haven't been on the planet long enough or eating these foods long enough to have complete villus atrophy. And so are told they're fine. Go ahead, keep eating it. Absolutely. So there's more sensitive tests. Uh, a couple labs offer this. One is Cyrex Labs. Uh, another test uh, that looks at many other factors is, uh, uh, it's called a wheat zoomer. And these labs look at not just at a few proteins, but many proteins and even other things that you could be reacting to that might not be related to gluten. So for example, you know, I know the Cyrex test looks at a couple opioid-like substances like gluteomorphin, which can make contact with the brain and people get this feeling of addiction when they're away from that grain. Uh, they just want to eat more and more of it. And we can see if they're reacting to that. It looks at a whole bunch of different enzymes. It looks at all those different proteins. And it, so it gives you a much larger picture. It's not perfect, but a much a bigger array of, of things to look at. And then from a clinical perspective, when we see any one of those out of range, then we know that person's sensitive and it's just confirmation. So that's another way to look at it. So when someone is confirmed as gluten sensitive, it's fine for them just to, you know, eliminate most of the gluten most of the time, but here and there it's, you know, no problem. Well, Megan, can you be sort of pregnant? No, no, no. No, you know, it's the same with gluten. You got to cut it out one hundred percent. I mean, you know, someone who's celiac knows this, right? And that's the full manifestation of the issue. But it's the same with any other type of uh, sensitivity with it. You got to get it eliminated 100%. So that means that if you want to see the results, and we see this all the time. So my school, the Academy of Culinary Nutrition, and the Culinary Nutrition Expert Program is 100% gluten-free. Everything we do is gluten-free. And we do this for the very reasons you've said. If our intention with teaching our teachers and creating these programs and, and offering these workshops is for people to use nutrition to heal their body, we want to sort of weed out and not wheat out, weed out and remove those potential obvious causes of so many symptoms in the body. So we do dairy-free and gluten-free you do gluten-free and dairy-free in your clinic. So clients can't even come see you until they've done this functional reset, till they've eliminated gluten, dairy, and sugar from their diet completely so that we can remove that potential sliver 
to the cause of whatever their issues are. And then you're able to sort of see what else might be out of balance. It needs, needs restoration or needs support. Now, before I say goodbye, I want to introduce you to this wonderful, inspiring, motivating, well, describes a lot of our graduates because they're all pretty special, but here is this one for you to get to know. Hello everyone, my name is Arwa, I'm from Kuwait. I'm a 2019 graduate of the CNE program. I have a bilingual recipe health and wellness blog and an Arabic YouTube channel and in the process of becoming a health coach. The CNE program surpassed my expectations by far. I learned so much, I was challenged and grew in the process. Megan is a breath of fresh air. I love how she balances professionalism with being her authentic self. She's truly inspiring. The whole CNE team is awesome. You can literally feel the love pouring out in their support during the program. I'm turning the work I did into an ebook, and as a certified CNE instructor, I'm about to start providing cooking classes, and I'm sure my CNE experience will help me in becoming a better health coach. I hope you enjoyed meeting this culinary nutrition expert, and if you are feeling inspired and thinking, hey, I could do that, I wanna do that, I should do that, well, head on over to culinarynutrition.com forward slash program to take your first step by learning more. I have a little preview video there for you to check out, learn a little bit more about the program and see if it is exactly what you've been looking for. Thanks for joining me today and I'll be back again next week with another episode. Bye for now.